I just started podcasting a couple years ago and um, the technology, like I said, curve is immense. <laughs> <laughs> what made you want to start a podcast? It was pandemic and um, an actor, I was on a TV show and one of my uh, co-stars had asked me to do a rewatch podcast and um, about the show, um, about the show. Technically, right now we're in a strike and we're not allowed to talk about our shows. And so when that podcast ended, which was um, it was a lot of fun and we we did 104 episodes and we talked, um, we broke down every episode and we got to talk to the crew and the cast and everybody. Um, and when that show ended, we decided to kind of continue the same format with my daughter, CG. And now with the strike on, we were told by our union that we're not technically allowed to talk about the films and TVs that we've been in and other people's work. So we could, though, legally, we can talk about um, Survivor and shows like Big Brother and Reality. And so that's when we started watching Survivor because I'd never watched it. And it's CG's favorite. One and, of my favorites. Ah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yay. So I was, said to my mom, I was like, we're in we're in my domain now. This is like <laughs> what I know all about. So scoot over, mama. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, and it was interesting. So then I, I started watching the first season and we got to interview Kelly Wigglesworth. And then she introduced me to Kimmy. Kimmy introduced me to Jeff. And you were just so lovely. You actually just responded to me. So Aww. which is really nice. You know, some sometimes you just you put it out there and people don't respond. And uh, but but it's been really a fascinating journey to watch your journey, <laughs> especially someone who hasn't. You know, I was really into this was all about watching um, Australia Outback. And as we kept going, I was like, wait a second. All of these wonderful people that we're interviewing have multiple seasons. And yeah. it's. <laughs> It's epic. I mean, before we go any further, though, you told me that you're flying to China this Friday. Yes. Yes. With my 83 year old mother. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. That's exciting. (laughs) Yeah. 18 days. And we're doing um, whole Indochina. So we're doing Hong Kong, Vietnam, Cambodia, Thailand, Ho Chi Minh City, Da Nang, Shangri-La. Wow. That sounds amazing. I know. I'm so excited. Did you come from an adventurous family? Like what created this ad- this adventure for life that you have that you're so passionate about? Uh, yes, we, my my parents traveled extensively. And so both my mom and I, the only continent we haven't been in is Antarctica. And so after this trip, we'll probably seriously start considering going to Antarctica just to check it off our list. Really? That's super exciting. Wow. I'm very jealous. <laughs> Go girl. She's been, I'll um, get there someday. She's been, she finished college last year and of course spent, you know, a lot of that time during the pandemic behind a computer. So All of my abroad trips oh. and everything were canceled because of the pandemic. So I'm sorry. I'll get there soon. Terrible. I'll get there soon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what are you majoring in, CG? Um, I graduated last year, but I got a Bachelor of Arts in Psychology. Psychology. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so did they tell you that we do three days of psychological evaluations? 
I did know that that CBS is super, super extensive about, especially for Big Brother as well, about their evaluations and everything, which I found super interesting. Yes. And then they get they do all this testing and then they give you a title. And my title was Silent Rebel. Mm. And I'm like, oh, you got me so good. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Jeff did say it was shocking to see yeah. how they could analyze you, break you down and really pinpoint what even even that you're not presenting to the world. They really do get your your get you heart and soul. That's wild. He said it's after scary. his test, the <laughs> psychologist like knew him better than he knew himself. Like was able to just say like, you're this, 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 and this. And you know crazy. what? You know what? We were so excited about this. Oh yeah. We didn't even do our intro. Well, I haven't even told people <laughs> we who we're talking right to. <laughs> <laughs> because welcome to, to the Bye Bitches podcast. Bye Bitches is the what, what I used to sign off um, on my other podcast. So um, if you were questioning that title, but you guys, okay. usually I write a very short, succinct intro, but your I just, I kept writing and writing. So here we go. Thank you all for being here for a truly special episode today. We have the privilege of sitting down with an absolute legend in the world of reality TV. She's not just any castaway. She's distinguished as the first woman to win Survivor, a true Survivor champion who's graced our screens, not once, not twice, but thrice. I'm talking about none other than the indomitable Tina Wesson. Tina first captivated our hearts as the winner of Survivor Season 2, the Australian Outback, proving that she had both the brains and the brawn to outwit, outplay, and outlast. Her, her strategic prowess and unwavering determination earned her the title of sole survivor in one of the most iconic seasons in the history of the show. But her legacy didn't stop there. She returned to the battlefield not once, but twice. She made her mark on Survivor All-Stars and Survivor Blood versus Water, which is like, oh my gosh, so epic. I've been kind of ingesting that for the past <laughs> couple of weeks. And today we'll delve into the mind of a true Survivor queen, exploring her experiences, strategies, and what it's like to be a three-time returning player to this epic TV stage. Let's welcome the one and only, the remarkable Tina Wesson to the show. And it's an absolute honor to have you here. Thanks for joining us. There you oh, go. Melinda, thank you for having me. Yeah. <laughs> it's so nice to meet you. It's like, it's one of these things that, you know, like I said, we were, I was plugging along just staying in Australia outback world, which is epic enough because I'm also, we try to, we try to explore the cultural impact of this, you know, te television film and, and this show especially change reality TV as we know it. And you yes. were on the highest rated season of all. And you came in after season one was almost like so pure because people there, you know, maybe there was a first alliance and and you came into a season that people were so excited about because it had started, you know, the year before. And I'm just wondering, like, what are your feelings today about being part of such a groundbreaking series? And why do you think it resonated so strongly that we're still talking about it today? I know it's so crazy. Um, first of all, I feel so fortunate and so blessed, you know, because getting in at a time where it was so magnanimous, you know, so getting to do things that none of the other seasons got to do. Um, so we got sponsored, you know, Reebok sponsored us. So CBS was sending us boxes of clothes from Reebok. Um, we, after it was over, you know, people were contacting you 
to do other things outside of Survivor. So you actually make more money after the show than you do on the show. And getting to do so many fun things, you know, because back then they weren't trying to find characters. They truly were, like Jeff says in his announcement, he says, we take 16 ordinary people and put them on an island and they have to try to figure out how to survive. It's a social experiment. And back then, that's what it was. We were so ordinary that the people watching could identify with someone. Whereas lots of times, like not the last two seasons, because I feel like the last two seasons, they've gone back to finding normal people. But there for a while, I think Survivor was, you know, fighting for ratings in the reality world. And so they were having to find characters. And I don't know, I just couldn't relate to a lot of the people that were on the show because they were so crazy and out there. And, you know, so um, I love the fact that we were 16 ordinary people and it really did change so many of our lives in so many ways, you know, to be able to go play in, I played in, um, the baseball all-star game. And so I'm out in Oregon on this baseball field with legendary people, you know, Don Mattingly, Steve Garvey, Meatloaf, um, Vanessa Williams, and all these people. And it's just me, just this soccer mom (laughs) raising her kids, having this incredible experience. And I'm crying. I'm just, tears are flowing down my face and, just feeling so grateful. And how did I get here? It's like a Cinderella moment. And they just kept coming that whole year or two years. It's like, every time my phone rang, it was something exciting that I got to do. And it was just, you know, I'll never get to experience something like that again. And so to have that in my life is something that I'll just never, ever forget. At the beginning, it was only the second season of the show. You already told us you're super adventurous. You're going to China. Like, what made you want to go to the Australian Outback and do this experience? Like, what prompted you to do this? Travel. I love travel. And I love camping. So to me, it's like, oh, free camping trip to Australia. Now, keep in mind, because it's the second season, I am thinking like, what a lot of people think, okay, it's CBS. They're not going to let you starve. They're going to give you an apple, an orange, you know. So I was still under the mindset that it wasn't really real. And it is. It was real. real. They don't warn warn you. (laughs) Yeah. But still, I love hard, you know, just like going back time and time again, I love being pushed. I love being challenged. I love trying to find out how tough are you and what is your true grit? And I loved the simplicity of just stripping you of everything and just, okay, here's your water. Here's your water for the day. Your hot, boiled water that is never cold and you're not going to get to eat today. And 
supposed to rain tomorrow, so you're probably not going to be able to start your fire to eat tomorrow, but maybe that third day you can eat, <laughs> you know, but I love that. I love it. Did you watch, you You kept talking about all the seasons. Did you watch every season and do you still watch every season? Are you a fan? I do. Yeah. I am. Yeah. I, I am. I, I can't that. tell you, like, I don't have a great memory, so I can't tell you like people's names <laughs> after the season's over. I'm so bad. But um, I do watch every year. Yes, of course. Do you remember your audition? Like, for how did you hear about it? Was it something that was advertised and you just jumped on it and then did it, um, you know, an audition tape and there was a process to it, right? Yes. So, I, yes, I watched the first season and it was actually my husband who was like, Tina, that show is so you. You should go out for that show. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> but <laughs> never, never, ever did I think I would get on. First of all, like I haven't had television in like 12 years. So there's nothing about the television part that I was interested in. It was just the adventure of, of being able to go to Australia and camp and live out in the wild. And, um, but there were 50,000 applicants for our season. And uh, so we went to the website and printed out the application. And it said we had to do a three-minute video. And we did a really, really good video. I don't know if you've seen it, but I always tell people if you're wanting to get on the show, that is a good way to at least get your foot in the door is to make something that's really going to get the producer's eyes. What was your video like? We haven't seen it. Okay. So <laughs> um, I ride motorcycles. And so I rode up on my motorcycle. And I think my tag says having fun on my tag on the motorcycle. And I get off my bike and I introduce myself. I said, hi, I'm Tina Wesson. I'm 40 years old, but don't hold that against me. I just took the Oprah real test, Oprah's real age test, and I'm just 32. <laughs> but in, no matter what, I said, I've got the skills. I said, come on, I'll show you. And it shows me walking away from the motorcycle, but the camera goes blank. And when the camera comes back on, you see me up in my tree, a tree in my backyard. And we had put a trampoline underneath it, but you didn't see the trampoline. You just saw me up. And so I said, um, one of the skills you have to have is you have to be agile enough to climb the trees, to go get the precious fruit, to have something to eat. And as I'm talking, I'm like reaching out and I fall out of the tree and I'm screaming as I'm falling out of the tree and the camera goes blank. So the camera comes back on and I've got my arm in a sling. And I say, the second skill you have to have is you have to be able to find proper bedding at night. You've got to have the tree canopy to protect you from the elements. You've got to have a soft bedding. So you've got to make sure you've got things down below you to make your bedding soft. And as I'm talking, I'm climbing, like getting in a sleeping bag. And um, I go, oh, what was that? And I looked down and I pulled out a spider. I said, oh, a snack and popped this spider in my mouth. <laughs> And then my kids say, Mom, you're laying in poison ivy. And I'm like, ah! <laughs> camera goes blank again. And then the camera comes back on. I've got my arm in a sling. I've got red dots all over me. And I ride up on my mountain bike on this log. And I said, well, as I've demonstrated, not so well. I am the ultimate survivor with all the skills. 
But no matter what, remember, life is good, so play hard. And I rode off on my bike. That's amazing. So that got their attention. I think I, saw, I think they showed incredible. a small clip of it on the reunion. I mean, there's so yeah. there's so much content and videos and and you know I'm all, I think I've only scratched the surface of um of your journey. So it's uh yeah those those videos we've heard quite a few people say that they just didn't know what to do, so they just threw it all out there. You know, through through everything that they did and and uh, somehow somehow it it spoke to the producers and and you ended up on that first season. That's amazing. I love Yay. it. Sorry, sorry. Second season. Second season. <laughs> yeah. Um, what you know, so but you had to have had some kind of plan going into Australia just based on, you know, because I think some people in the first season were like, this is literally the best survivors going to win. But once everyone saw the strategy that Richard had played and such, you had to have a little bit of strategy or did you have? A I did. Specific? OK, what was that? Yes. Yeah. So. um and I don't know about you, but sometimes if I watch a season and somebody wins that I didn't really want to win, I'm like, oh, gosh, I have just spent three months watching All this the time. season and they went and I'm disappointed. And I feel like not that it's a waste of time, but I just feel let down. And so I was like, OK, you know, most people weren't real big Richard Hatch fans. And so I was like, okay, I want to go there and I want to form an alliance with all the nice, good people. And if I couldn't win the money, who would I want to see win the money that would maybe do something good with the money? And so that was my strategy. But I mean, 10 minutes off the plane, Mitchell Olson comes to me and he says, we've got an alliance. Do you want to be in it? And I have to say yes, or they'll vote me out. So I'm in plan B right off the bat. And uh, whenever I go around and talk about Survivor, I always say it takes three things to win. It takes luck. Every single person who's ever won Survivor, there is an element of luck that happened somewhere in the game. Mm. Every person. Logistics, you got to have a plan. But you've also got to be really, really flexible. And if that plan's not working, come up with another plan. And then um, those two things will get you really far in the game. But the third aspect is living relationally. And only by living relationally can you win the game. You've got to have formed relationships within the game and the people there that you vote off have to feel like they have meant something to you at some point in the game. I think we could see that, yeah, on your on your tribe, there was definitely a little animosity between people and not living relationally and everything, but you did a very good job of it, unlike, you know, some of the other people on your tribe. So I think that definitely played a big part in your game. It felt like there was an, in the beginning, there was like, wasn't it like Jerry and Amber? It was like the young versus old almost. Yes. That happened. Yeah. And then at some point was the move when you guys voted Mitchell out. Was that the the turning That's the point? biggie. Okay. Yes. That's where the logistics came in because it was at that point when we were voting Keith off that night. I knew that I was next after Keith because the younger ones had all bonded a little together and I was the older one. And so I went to Mitchell 
we were walking to tribal council. And back then, we could talk to each other the whole way we were walking tribal council. They don't do that now. And so um, I went to Mitchell and I said, Mitchell, we're voting off a strong male tonight and we're going to be weaker at the challenges without him. And if we can't advance as a tribe, we will never be able to advance as individuals once we merge. And he said, I made the alliance. I'm sticking to it. So I said, "Okay." So then I went over to Kobe because he was he he and I were very, very competitive people in our real lives. We're super competitive. And so I pitched the same spiel to him. And he said, you're exactly right. What do you want to do? Mm. I said, let's me and you take Keith because Keith knew he was going and he'll feel indebted to us. So let's take him as an alliance of three, vote Mitchell out. And that alliance stuck from the rest of the game. Yep. It sure did. It sure did. It was amazing. That you- doesn't happen now. <laughs> No, well, yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm almost like shell shocked watching us and then jumping to your season 27. I was like, well, this is a completely different thing. Yes. I had a thought about luck. So you said that luck is one of the biggest things. And so going into the merge, your tribe was if they lost that challenge, you guys were going to be down five or four to six. So yes. you obviously what happened to Mike was like was very super unfortunate. But do you consider that maybe like the luck for your tribe or as unfortunate as it was, that was the circumstance that helped you propel you guys forward. Would it have been different if he hadn't had the accident? Yes. I I wouldn't have won. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's any way I would have won. That's what I mean by how big of a component luck is. It's just, that's one of the things I watch whenever I'm watching the season. I find that interesting that, go back if you want to go back and go well what was their lucky part that if that hadn't happened would they have won it's it's really interesting yeah no absolutely because it really is you know just when i'm trying i'm a i'm brand new to this and trying to analyze and then i see you guys have analyzed it to death <laughs> it was, you know, like, <laughs> jeff jeff no, he, he knows how to speak about it in a way that does it really is this human experiment and and it brings out there's so many times and just by the interviews that we've um, done that you might try and play nice for a few days, but the elements really bring out a true personality. You can't fake it the whole time, but, but I, it seemed to me that you, you went in with, um, with the, you know, I think it's a conscious decision to be a kind, giving, compassionate person. And you have that in you and you played that, even so, even to the point that if and when you got um, annoyed or frustrated with Jerry and the rice, it didn't it didn't ruffle your game. You know, people mm-hmm. didn't target you for it. In fact, it probably was like, "Ooh, Tina's upset. So we should <laughs> listen to her." I don't know if you stab. You feel like you established um, that you're not a cry wolf kind of person. You're you're an action. You're a woman of action, I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the fact too that I was forty and I really did feel like I was the mother out there. And it breaks you. Survivor just breaks you down. And I I didn't mind being broken down as much as other people. And so it gave me the ability. My it's like my um, tank wasn't empty. My tank was still full. And so I could go and comfort people and 
be the mom. And they did feel like, to a large degree, I just felt like, you know, they've got a lot to learn and they're, I can help them or I can comfort them or whatever. And, it, you know, not as part of my gameplay, but just that's who I am. You know, I, I do like to comfort people. And if you've got it to give, you need to give it. Right. It's, it's, uh, it's really inspiring because at 40, even though it's, I love that, that the times have changed so much that, you know, you know, what is it that uh, 40 is the new 30 or 50, yeah. the new 30 now? I mean, it keeps getting, yeah. you know, there were so many times that I think it's super inspirational. And then to watch you go into the other subsequent seasons being just as strong, climbing trees. I mean, you were like, I was like, and, uh, but what was the thing that, that was, do you remember being, was there ever a moment where you went, oh gosh, I didn't sign up for this. This is so hard. Is it the hunger? Is it, was it the, That's the, the hardest part. or the flooding? Like which? Definitely hunger. The hunger. I, I, because it's something we've never experienced. Mm -hmm. You know, if you've been in America, chances are you've never been hungry like that. And that's one of the things that I say is they say, what, what was a gift survivor gave you? I would say it gave me the gift of knowing what my true grit really is because, you know, we get up, we put on our clothes, go to work, go to school, but never, I mean, so few of us are ever put in that situation of what are you made of? You know, how tough are you? We're not, we don't have that chance to prove that, but survivor will give you that opportunity and will strip you down and, let you know what you're made of for sure. Like speaking of your toughness, a, I think a moment that really showed that was when it was after the flood happened, everything washed away and you swam out and got that tin of rice. You and Keith were so <laughs> determined to do that. What was, was that like a true testament to, you know, your grit? That was just so impressive. And you took the oh, better line, you. the better route. Yeah. Keith was trying to like balance and... <laughs> Um, the truth is I was starving and that was our Thanksgiving night. That's one of the things that didn't show it because, um, they don't want, they don't, the producers, they don't want a timeline of, because, you know, it's airing three months later. So we can't say anything about Thanksgiving because it's airing in January. So it would mess things up, but that's what something that people didn't see was that that was our Thanksgiving night and we were, we were down. We were lower than low. I mean, that was the hardest day out there for all of us, I think. And we had gone to a challenge, rained, poured down rain. And the plan was to come back that night after our challenge. And usually we just caught a few, two or three fish because the turtles kept eating our hooks and they would not let us eat the turtles so because they were protected. So um, we had it like three fish and we were so excited because that was some of the most fish we had ever caught. So we were going to have a feast with three whole fish. And uh, Varner, I don't know if he told you this, but he had cut our when we caught him, we put him on a, like a fishing line and he had cut our line. 
before we went to tribal council. He did not tell I that. I saw that. He admitted that at the, at the, only the uh, reunion, but I don't think he, yes. remembered. he didn't say, he, he did said not he was, say that to us. <laughs> he was a little, he was a little troublemaker. <laughs> he was awful. <laughs> he knew he was going to get voted off or something. Uh, yes. Yes. So he, he cut it. So whenever we came back and everything was gone, uh, it was just like, oh, how much more? How much more? And I went, it wasn't the water because I swim competitively 13 years. It wasn't the water that scared me. It was the snakes because Outback is full of snakes. And there was a uh, like a little island and it was really tall grass just prime location for the snakes. So I really thought that I was going to get bit. I'm like, I don't care. I'm hungry. And you're so desperate that you start making decisions that if you were, your brain was functioning in a normal capacity, you would not make those decisions, but I just didn't care. It came through on camera. It, you could see 100%. your determination. You're like, I am not effing around. I'm going that's to do right. this. Yeah, you could see that. Like, yep. like yeah. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Yeah, no, and and water like that can be so dangerous because of the debris, and it might you might you could get caught on. Um, they call it like um, strainers and and such. Mm-hmm. There's all kinds of things that you can get your foot entrapped, and there's a, that's very dangerous. Yeah, I think I already know the answer to this question. Um, but so like you play for reward challenges and obviously those, they give you boosts of morale. What was the best reward challenge? And I think I know the answer to this one, but, um, what were those like and what was the best one while you were out there? Okay. So the best challenge was the one that I won with my husband right. getting to see my children, but what made it so great, if you go back and watch, it's kind of funny because like everybody's crying. They see their loved ones and they're just crying, crying. They had croissants and coffee at this internet cafe. All I could think about was this croissant that I was <laughs> going to consume. And I wasn't sad at all or emotional. I just wanted that croissant. Yep. <laughs> you know, so that's what made it good for me. Um but I'll tell you one of the challenges that I loved the most was I think they called it Sundance Cassidy, Rich Cassidy and Cassidy and Sundance Kid, that um, we had to jump off that uh, cliff. Right. Right at the beginning. And so Roger, but he swim. was afraid of heights and he couldn't swim. That was a sh- that was and, a very nervous moment for me. Yeah. Yes. And if you watch him, I mean, it's like he almost like he passes out. He just steps off with his <laughs> arms out and just these eyes and this blank look on his face. But just how I love seeing people who do things outside their comfort zone and just rise above like Sari. You know, I'm a couch potato, yeah. but she comes and does this amazing adventure. And so many people who don't live adventurous lives, who are stay kind of more in their comfort zone. I love seeing people who are transformed. And even Jerry, you know, Jerry, she was transformed in a different way. You know, she came across and she was a little bit of a difficult person out there. But then the season ends. She sees herself 
on camera and she makes some changes in her life. And she is, I love Jerry. Jerry is just such a pleasant, fun, wonderful person now, you know, I, and that's a change, you know, that's an opportunity to grow and to see yourself. And another thing that survivor does for you is um, everything is relative now going forward. If you're cold, you've been colder. If you're hungry, you've been hungrier. Just everything's relative. And it it kind of gives you a different gauge in life than you norm. Like normally your standard or your comfort level would be different than it is now. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. If you think about the um, life is hard no matter what, but when you've when you push yourself into things that, yes, it might be somewhat of a vacation, um, but, you know, it's like, let's go river rafting. Like that, that's something that I do. And, um, but still, it's still hard work. And there's something when you're with a group of people collectively getting through something that's challenging and at the end of it, it gives you confidence to face the world on a daily basis with way more ease or way more, I can do hard things. And every time that I've shied away from something that's, it's it's really easy to shy away from things that we fear. And I mm-hmm. think that, that watching you has actually just inspired me <laughs> this oh, week. You know, it's, and also as we get, I mean, as women, you know, as we get a little bit older, um, like I, I've mentioned before, and 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 we've seen that it's actually can be held against you if you're not up, physically. And then it, this brings up a moment in the reunion. Uh, Marilyn mentioned something about a life uh, that I've been through the life change. And this is also a comment on the year it was. And Bryant Gumbel says, well, I won't I won't comment on that. Like the big menopause word. It's it, we're actually talking about it. It's menopause. Uh, what I think one of the day today is some kind of menopause day or something. I noticed on on, on Instagram. Happy menopause day, mom. First, yeah. And it's a big. It's a but we're talking about it because it what there was a time where you didn't say that word out loud, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and and I just think it, we're we're just. It's a it's really interesting to go back and see how, you know, characters were there was ageism or they might get voted out. But you went wait you went wet really far. The the second time you came back, you didn't. But the third time you third came time. back was epic as well. So it's I think I think you're just a great example. And they call you Queen Survivor, I think. There's all kinds of different titles that you have. <laughs> <laughs> You've earned it for sure. Oh, so, as as you guys get to, you know, we've talked a lot about the other, um, you know, um, with Kimmy and, and Jeff about, um, but we haven't, but we haven't, you're the only winner and that we're interviewing and probably ever will. But, you know, how did you feel going into, if I've read, and this is not to be derogatory, but it was read, or somebody wrote that it was a bonehead move of Colby. And I was like, because... But he, knowing that if he'd gone with Keith, he could have won. But I think he really was okay. I think you and Colby shared certain values that like, who could I go to the end with and be okay that they won if I lost? Was did his was his intention that he wanted to be share it with somebody who had equal value in um, or that the reward, 
you had earned it as well. He did he do it? What like why did he do that? Do you think? Okay, so there's two answers to that question. Right. First of all, we were very close. Yeah, we were very very close out there, and um, we made a pact together that we're taking each other to the end hmm. because we we were the two most competitive people out there. Like, um, and then on top of that, yes, we both could beat Keith hands down. Nobody really wanted Keith to win. (laughs) So we both knew we could beat him, but there was no way that either of us would take him to the end. No way. We both would take each other. Right. And, I'm I'm so disappointed a little bit because um, in that challenge, I wish that I had won the challenge and taken Colby with me and still won. I wish it had turned out that way um, because then it would be a little bit different. And I was so, I tell you, I'm, this is the one disappointment. And it's probably the only disappointment that I have is that. He was such an amazing guy, not just a great player and a great competitor, but like when he went on, all, he won all the challenges and he like when he went to the Great Barrier Reef for a reward, he brought us back pieces of coral, which is illegal, but <laughs> he not only brought us back pieces of coral, he brought us back pieces that correlated to something like I was from Tennessee So we're the big orange state. So he brought me back an orange piece of coral. Elizabeth's favorite color was green. So he brought Elizabeth back a green piece of coral. So that speaks to who Kobe is as a human being. Mm -hmm. Um, Just an amazing young man. And so fast forward, we go to the finals together. And first of all, I never, ever, the whole time that I'm back home, I never thought I would win. I thought, you know, there's Kobe out live. Let's see, outwit, outlast, outplay. He did all three of those so masterfully and won all those challenges. And he was so charismatic. And he he's so good for television. You know, like I was like, do you get your questions in advance? Because he can answer on the fly. His questions so good. And so I thought everybody would vote for Kobe. Mm. And so I was shocked, just shocked. Then I thought, well, because he did want a, a career in television or movies. So I thought America is going to eat him up. They're going to love him and he's going to have so many opportunities and it's going to be great. And I saw how the media just, oh, man, they hammered him. You know, oh, you know, he's a mama's boy. He quit playing. He's not a good player because he took Tina. They were so horrible to oh, him. Oh. And I, it was so disheartening for me. It, that was hard. I did not like that part at all. You know, it, 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 but it established that this game isn't all about winning the immunity challenges. Right. And that jury has something to say and that it's it because it was so, you know, and and to be honest, as I knew what happened watching it and I was like, 
I'm curious to see how it evolves and what happened. And now that I've seen the whole thing, I understand it. And first of all, being, you know, um, or at least from Kelly Wigglesworth's point of view, one of the things that she was told by her her um, castaway or two of the guys who said, we just would not let, um, we just didn't want a 22 year old girl to beat us. So we voted for Richard. And that upset, that pissed me off. Right. Uh. And, um, and who knows what the truth is, but, um, but that was, but I think what's interesting is it brings this different, totally different layer to the game because everyone thinks that it has to be the guy. Yes. He may have, he deserved to win because he played really well, but he, but he's also stuck to his ethics because it's like, is there ethic, ethical play? Is there um, cutthroat play? Like who does what? And he stuck to it and he was genuinely happy for you. So I can see, but the media, media loves to paint the negative. And mm-hmm. I, I can tell, you know, we talked to Jeff and then he's had a rough time. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm curious also what it was like. First of all, you, you guys didn't get to know uh, who the winner was. So you had a re-entry of a number of months, right? How is re-entry after, right after getting out of the outback? Outback. Uh, well, we, CBS, let us choose if we wanted to stay on and stay an extra week in Australia and go to uh-huh. Sydney. And they brought our loved one over. Oh, so wow, awesome. uh, it was awesome. And <laughs> uh, it was different. Um I'm pretty flexible. I don't, uh, I'm not easily shaken or things don't matter a lot. I'm, I'm, I acclimate well. So uh, the only thing that was really different is like food, of course, uh, because we were deprived of flavors. It wasn't just that you're hungry. It's that Oh, we've had rice for six weeks. So anything with flavors. So we would be going through Sydney and I would just graze the whole day long. It's like we'd pass a store that had peanuts. Peanuts. So go get peanuts. Ice cream. Go get ice cream. So I ate more than I've ever eaten in my life for a long time after Survivor. And I kind of think that it changed maybe I've always had a very high metabolism, but I feel as if like I can't put on weight now. No, I try and I try and I try and I can't put on weight. Hmm. So I think it had to have changed my body chemistry somehow, some way on a permanent level. Um, But besides that, I mean, I don't feel like it was too hard coming back. Was it weird to reintegrate, you know, into daily tasks. We can see you guys in the last few days, you know, let's go get the mail. Colby's going to the convenience store. Like was doing those simple little (laughs) things. Did they, you know, just bring you so much more joy knowing that you were back in the real world or did you miss the outback a little bit? Well, I had an extremely high appreciation for every little thing, a spoon, because we didn't have a spoon. We didn't have a, we had coconut shells to eat stuff out of or so every little thing you no longer take for granted a pillow cold water (laughs) something cold to drink you know so um I think that that level of appreciation but also 
it changes your mindset a little bit. Like one of the things that I always thought about every single day that I'm there to help get me through is it's game over for us in six weeks. But there are thousands and thousands of people who live in poverty and in these third world countries that their game isn't over in six weeks. And this is how they live without a chance of getting out. And so um, that's one of the things that I just kind of live in that state in my life, even today. You know, I'm just, I just, I, I, I live in a state of continuous thankfulness. And it's, it just makes life so fulfilling. And I'm not sure if you're ever in a situation of being deprived, if you can ever feel that level of appreciation until you're deprived of it. Right. Yeah. I can only imagine, um, you know, what it's like being stripped of things that you consider just like normal things you have in your life, you know, a nice pillow, a blanket, um, you know, loved ones specifically besides your loved ones. Cause I'm sure they were what you missed most while you were out there. What was the number one thing you missed on a daily basis? My routine. Mm. I don't, and it's weird. I don't know if you, do you all have like a, a, like you get up, you have your hot chocolate or your coffee or whatever. Do you have that in your real life? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So there was just something about not having my routine that bug me, (laughs) you know, because I like my routine. I love how I start my day every day. Mm. And to not be able to have that out there made me a little loco. I think that's actually a secret to um, success. People who have routines and they enjoy it, not, oh, I have to do this. It's I get to do this. That attitude is a choice and it's a practice. And uh, I've, I've been both. So it's, I, I feel Ah. so much better in my life when I stick to my routine or something like a broken ankle, you know, which I had (laughs) kind of ruins your routine. And I'm like, Oh yeah. Yes. Just simple things like how, what can I learn from this experience as opposed to woe is me? I'm a victim. No, it's it's a, it's a teachable um, learning moment. Right. Right. Yes. So when you finished, but then not many, what, how many episodes or seasons later you went back, you were asked mm-hmm. back and to all stars, but then you ended up being the first one voted out. How does that yeah. feel? <laughs> oh, as a competitor, <laughs> it sucks. But they targeted you, right? Because you're, yeah. you already won. Is that yeah. their And idea? I had told whenever they asked me about coming back, I told Jeff, I said, you know, you're going to have to put all the winners on the same tribe. Otherwise, they're going to vote us out one by one. And I mean, because that's what I would do if I wasn't hadn't been a winner. It's an easy vote. Let's get all the winners off first. So he didn't do that. And um, so I knew that my time was limited, <laughs> but I, okay. I, I don't really like how I handled it. I was not really. Uh, as far as good TV, I was a little pouty and <laughs> sulked on those three days. And um, so I would change my attitude, but there was nothing. I mean, it's like I can't do anything to save myself. But the good thing about that is that um, they sent us to Patagonia, Argentina for six weeks. Oh, So I had the most epic, <laughs> fun 
six week vacation in Argentina. So I'm like, I'm like, oh, that was fine. That's I'm glad yeah. they voted me off, you know. <laughs> you know, one adventure ended early, but you got to have a whole other one on your own. Yeah. Yes. That's so that was okay. Yeah. So All Stars voted off first, but Blood versus Water, you finished fourth, which is incredible, especially for being a winner when obviously some other winners were targeted so quickly. You made it extremely far and you got to play with Katie, which I loved rewatching the second season because I it's been years since I watched it. And seeing Katie when, you know, you're typing with your family back home and Katie's there and it's such a jump because I caught up on Blood versus Water as well. It's just amazing to see that change. Um, So what was it like playing with Katie? So. We want to say thank you so much to Tina for joining us today. And thank you guys for listening to our podcast. Please follow, rate, and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you want to watch us, you can check us out on YouTube. Uh, There was an amazing skyline behind Tina. So you can go to YouTube to see what my mom was talking about. Uh, For any additional content and live Zooms with us, please consider joining our Patreon. We watch the live Big Brother evictions. Uh, And we would love for you to follow us on our social medias. I am CGMIR on Instagram and TikTok. And my mom is at the Melinda Clark on Instagram and TikTok. And don't forget to follow at By Bitches Podcast on Instagram. And with that being said, bye, bitches. Bye.